0: They will say that I have shed innocent blood.
1: What's blood for, if not for shedding? With
0: my hook for a hand, I'll split you from your groin to your gullet. Have you ever heard of Candyman?
1: his right hand is sawn off he has a hook jammed in the bloody stump and if you look in the mirror and you say his name five times he'll appear behind you breathing down your neck i can't say nothing or candy man will get me
2: i hear you looking for candy man bitch we're here looking for candy man bitch we're here you looking for candy man bitch we're here you looking for candy man bitch I think that I am the writing on the wall, the whisper
0: in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. No matter what's going wrong, I know one thing, that no part of me, no matter how hidden, is capable of that.
1: This is Lauren-Marie Taylor from Friday the 13th Part 2 and Girls' Night Out. And you're listening to
2: The Hysteria Continues. And indeed you are. Welcome back to The Hysteria Continues, episode 68. And this time we're off to Cabrini Green with Candyman, um, one of Joseph's picks. And uh, we've also, I believe, uh, Joseph's been keeping under wraps thankfully, but um, uh, another Mm -hmm. quiz, and uh, lots of other stuff, I kind of guess, but we're going to be talking Candyman a little bit later, Um, but without further ado, I shall introduce you to my fellow sweet tooths, Joseph, how are you doing?
3: Eric is the Inga of the podcast, the I'm tantrum even... of the slasher movie quiz. Without these things, he is nothing. So now he must eat
1: chunky Kit Kats.
2: <laughs> yes. Well, Eric, what do you say to yes. that? The pain is quite
1: exquisite. <laughs> did I say sorry? Did I say pain? I meant the Twix. Sorry. <laughs> so you don't like Twix as much as Kit Kats? Um. Well I'll
2: let you into a little secret i probably prefer a Twix to a Kit Kat (gasps) There's probably going to be lots of candy talk I think on the podcast Um, Do
1: you know what though Um, I said Randy Man five times into the mirror And Joseph appeared behind me Really? (laughs) Did he
2: hook you? No Okay Didn't take you roughly from behind then No he was naked though
1: Gosh. Well, Let's this is what you get the on this series continues classiness.
2: <laughs> utter, utter classiness. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Nathan, how are you doing? Hopefully, have you been ravished by anyone from behind recently?
0: No, I still have not said his name five times in the mirror. And I've actually met him in person, and I still would prefer not to tempt it.
2: Okay. Well, that's fair enough. He's very yeah. tall. He is very tall. Yes. Mm-hmm. Has he got the voice when you speak to him? Yes. It, oh, it's, it's pretty much. Well, I don't think it's well, pretty much
0: of. the same. I mean, you know, I think he did embellish it for Candyman, of course. He doesn't sound like, you know, I mean, he sounded normal. He just had a very deep voice to me. It's like, very nice to
3: meet you. No, it was not <laughs> like that. Mine's more of a Dr. Claw. I can't do the Tony Todd thing. Or Tom Waits.
2: Or Tom Waits, <laughs> yes. Or Toya. Uh, oh,
1: T. Oh. What? Bringing that old chestnut out again?
2: Oh yes. It's well, a mystery. Of course, we know what the um, the other link, don't we? Oh, we do. <laughs> we might hear a little bit more of that later. Uh, do you know so. if
3: there's a link to uh, cheerleader camp in this
2: movie? <laughs> Is that? No. Um, oh. Did you get the link? Be-
1: that uh, link sent to you in the post saying please forward to Justin. Or something. Yes. I don't know. It
2: mm-hmm. Well, yes, it's going I to be one of those this. shows because we're actually the strange thing is we're actually recording at a different time today. Normally, um, Nathan and Joseph are up at the crack, um, and <laughs> me and um, Eric are usually kind of drunk by this point. But actually, it's the other way around this time because we well actually it's later in the day. We um, it's much more civilized hour for Nathan and Joseph, but for me and Eric, it's almost bedtime. And also, in a strange quirk of fate, um, normally because I record at the weekend, as this is midweek, I am um, not hungover. So, so I, who knows where this show's going to go?
3: It yeah. would have been funnier wow. if you'd have said we we were up with the cocks crow.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not saying anything. Um, <laughs> He's not that <but> hung- crude. <laughs>
3: hey, sure he is.
2: Okay. Well, we've got um, the quiz coming up a little bit Yay. later. So, um, and hopefully Inga will keep her uh, knickers on this time, but we shall see. I'm not but wearing before... any knickers. You're not wearing knickers. Well, even no. at this time of night. <clears throat> oh, okay. Right. Want... Well, let's take things forward um, in a civilized, and uh, mature manner and talk about a little bit what we've been watching recently. Okay. What about you, Joseph? What you've been watching recently?
3: Well, not a lot. I've been very busy. But I did check um, out Jake Helgren's new movie, Varsity Blood. Mm. And he also directed – well, he didn't direct. He wrote uh, Bloody Homecoming, but he wrote and directed Varsity Blood. And um, i got to be a little honest. I think I preferred uh, Bloody Homecoming a little more because I think uh, Varsity Blood, I didn't really like the characters as much as I did in – bloody homecoming and i i I like the idea of uh you know this um this you know tragic event happening in the past and then they have this big homecoming dance and that's when the action takes place with varsity blood i think he might he may may wait a little too long to actually get into the the backstory and i think that kind of hinders it a little bit but i mean overall there's a lot of great stuff in this in this movie there's one scene in particular I, i won't spoil it because i know uh you and Eric have not seen it yet, but there's a shot in a, in a gymnasium where, um, someone's, uh, decapitated head ends up in a basketball thing. I, I really did like that. And it's got some really great gore. And I think Jake has a promising, uh, future as a director, if he decides to direct any more of these slasher films. But, uh, I mean, overall, I liked bloody homecoming a little more. I, I, I liked the characters, like I said, a little more there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, watch out for this one. I'm not sure when it's gonna come out, so uh but we got an, an advanced screening of it and I'm thankful for that. And Jake is a great guy. He's been very, you know, helpful with us and very supportive of our film and uh I know Nathan's watched it as well. What did you think, Nathan?
0: Um, I I liked it. Um I guess I'm not sure which one I prefer. I think they both have, you know, um their strong points and I don't know which one I would you know, go for, I guess, is better than the other because, like I said, I think they both, you know, have really good sequences. I liked in Varsity Blood, there's uh, one character. Uh, I'm horrible with remembering the names, um, but she's the blonde, the cheerleader, the blonde cheerleader. Um, I really mm-hmm. liked her character, and she's the one that has the chase scene, I think, in the barn, or she ends up in the barn at, at some point. Yeah,
3: I, I, remember, I really liked I her.
0: And part of me was almost rooting that she would end up being the final girl, even though you, you kind of know who the final girl is going to be. Um, but a lot of times in movies, it seems like for me, I always end up hoping somebody else will end up being the, the final character. I don't know why that is. Even with any movie, like My Bloody Valentine, like I would have liked Patty to have been the final girl. It doesn't mean I don't like mm-hmm. the movie any less. It just means, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I just end up liking the secondary characters a lot.
3: Um, I was that way with um, Bloody Homecoming. The, the the Nora character who was kind of the the, the snarky goth. I, oh, I really I loved wanted her, her to be the survivor, yeah, but it didn't it didn't hinder you know me liking the film any less or anything like that. Oh,
0: definitely. And and you know like I think that it's what you know people like Jake have been doing lately. You know they're making films like you know Jake has Bloody Homecoming and you know Varsity Blood. You know, coming out and you know uh, Kevin Summerfield and Steve Galtz have don't go to the reunion. There's there's just a lot of people out there making like low budget slasher movies. Where I mean, if you can look past the budget, you know they're, they're fun, entertaining movies. And I think people you know should definitely give them a a shot because I mean these are people that are doing it for the love of movies. It's not you know to make a quick buck. You know, and I got more to say about that in a little bit anyway. But yeah, I mean uh, like I said, I liked Varsity Blood so. Cool. You go, Jake.
2: Excellent. Well, I We love um, you, Jake. We love yeah. you. I haven't had a chance to watch it, Jake, and I will do. I want to sit down and do a review for Hysteria Lives. So I want to um give myself some time. So I will get round to it in the next couple of weeks and I'll be talking about it on the next show. Um as I'm sure Eric will do too, won't you, Eric? I will indeed. Excellent. Yes. Well I'm very much looking forward to it. So um um more varsity blood next time but um joseph anything else
3: uh no like i said i've i've been just extraordinarily busy I, that's about the only thing i've had a chance to watch lately so that's
2: okay. it right well thank you how about you nathan what have you been watching
0: um a couple of things i watched curse of chucky last night okay and i really liked it i thought it was a really really good entry in the series um I love the fact that they, you know, kind of dropped the comedy angle. And for the first half of the film, um, before they, you know, get into Chucky with his one-liners and, you know, what you're used to, it's actually pretty creepy, you know. And it's amazing they were able to pull that off, you know, since Mm -hmm. Chucky had kind of become a comedy. (laughs) Eric. Joseph laughed first.
2: (laughs) Oh, for goodness sake.
0: Mitch, please, I'm not that kind of doctor.
2: Right. Proceed.
0: But I think overall it's, um, you know, a, a fun movie and it's worth uh, checking out.
2: Excellent. Well, yeah,
3: I, I, I share the same opinion. The first hmm. half, maybe the first like three thirds of the film is just really great. I wasn't crazy about the, the comical multiple endings. But overall, it's it's a really strong entry in the series.
2: Hmm. You like a strong entry, don't you, Eric? Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
3: I don't know what you mean.
0: Save it for the next podcast.
2: Okay, yes. (laughs) Yes. We're we're going to be coming up to 69 next time, so (laughs) wish us us all luck, and hopefully we'll be able to keep it up until that point. Um, So, Nathan, uh, anything else?
0: Um, I watched the Crystal Lake Memories Mm. documentary. Um, and you know, it, it's excellent, they did a great job with it. Um, I was kind of disappointed a little bit when they talked about part five because it just seems like most people that weren't involved with it just kind of look at it as like the you know, I guess the ugly duckling of the series, hmm. and you know, it's not I, true. I, I just hate when, you know, and and there's one guy on there who, you know, he really kind of bashes it, you know, saying that, like, it's got one of the worst movie endings of cinema history and and this kind of stuff. And I'm like, is it really that big of a deal, like, the ending to that movie? I don't understand it. And I guess I never will. Maybe I'm just not much of a, I guess, the stereotypical fanboy of Friday the 13th. I love them. But I just don't think it necessarily – hinders part five because it technically wasn't jason killing people i mean who cares it's a guy in a hockey mask killing people with a wide variety of weapons you go fake jason
3: (laughs) Um, i've often said it's my favorite you know as far as most entertaining i think nothing tops friday the 13th part five
0: it's very entertaining yes it's it's crazy body count too it's got a great body Mm -hmm. count um But, you know, they do a good job covering, you know, every movie in the series, and I was surprised at how much I enjoyed listening to the actors reminisce about the later films as well, like Jason X and Freddy vs. Jason. As a matter of fact, the actress that played the heroine in Freddy vs. Jason, she was a lot of fun to to watch. Like, she, you know, she had a really good attitude about the film, and and I really liked her. I thought, you know, I bet she was fun on set, you know, Mm. because, you know, she... She just seemed to have a great attitude about the movie and, you know, everything in it, and I don't know. I just I thought that was good, um, and, and one thing, you know, just watching this and learning, you know, about, you know, the studio interference with movies like this, and it's like, you know – uh little things like Betsy Palmer, you know, for Freddy vs. Jason, the studio dis- decided, you know, oh, well, she can come for a cameo, but we ain't paying her. And this is like a multi-million dollar film. So I'm like, would it really have made that much of a difference to pay her something to get her to do this little cameo in the film? Um, I don't know. It Just it, little things like that just seem like just a lack of I don't care. It's like as long as it makes money, I could care less about the film. And, you know, I just it's kind of sad.
2: Yes, well, I've got. I'm just up to um, Friday the thirteenth, part seven, at the moment. So I'm working my way through them. Um, it did make me chuckle a little bit because some of the um, some of the interviews are from uh, have been used before, haven't they? And but they got yeah. Tom Tom McLaughlin back, the director of part six, and he has a different haircut in each. One doesn't he? In one, he's got like a feather cut, and the other, he looks like he's been dragged through a hedge backwards. So they keep on cutting <laughs> between them. I kind of saying, is that the same man? And it's it must, <laughs> you know, it's quite grizzled in one, a little bit fresh faced in the other. Um, so, but anyway, it made me laugh. But yeah, no, it's great. It's very highly recommended. So, um, good stuff, Nathan. Yes. Um, anything else? No, that's it. Okay, right. Well, how about you, Eric?
1: Well, I was very classy this week. I had a French. Um, subtitled movie Double Bill the other night. Wow. Uh, Jean Jean Roland films, though. Okay. Which uh, uh, are an acquired taste. They're sort of, I don't know, they're borderline art, borderline trash. Mm. I'm not sure how you describe them, but what I love about his films is um, their sort of dreamlike atmosphere he creates, uh, and that's sort of enhanced by the fact that he very rarely puts background music in any of his films. It's, it's sound effects, and usually quite minimal ones as well. There's lots of whoosh, Type noises in the background which makes it quite eerie I think um, and he uses lots of very sorry sorry that was uh, Axel Axel be quiet <laughs> and what's that noise
0: I don't know what that oh. is I was doing it earlier too yeah.
3: that was my coffee my iced coffee oh. Oh.
0: well couldn't you have drank um, that
3: before we got started no I could not have
2: that told you yes come on eric
1: yes anyway
2: um yeah
1: he john roland uses lots of very very long takes i mean he doesn't subscribe to the to the michael bay or paul ws anderson theory of keeping a shot only for a nanosecond on screen um the first one i watched was lips of blood which has a hideously uh unattractive 70s <laughs> man who looks like he's a member of the bay city rollers uh he's obsessed with a childhood <laughs> in- incident um where he met a young woman uh at a strange castle and he then he decides years later to hunt down um the location of his castle and to try and find the woman who as it turns out to be is a little vampire vixen um and she spends a lot of her time in the nip in fact it has uh the climactic scenes of the film i won't ruin it for you but it involves lots of full frontal nudity male and female and coffins which um two of your favorite things in fact justin nudity and coffins i think oh well, of course uh, yeah <laughs> um the nudity, the female nudity comes from Annie Bell, who uh, famously, for us anyway, appeared in Absurd. She was the woman who got her head shoved into the gas oven mm. by um, uh, What's-His-Face, George Eastman. Um, oh. The second half of my double bill was Fascination, which is a much more mainstream film. It's about a feuding gang of thieves who end up um, sequestered in this big mansion, which on... No, unbeknownst um. to them, is uh, occupied by a cult of blood drinkers. And I don't think they're vampires, but um, it's never explicitly stated, again, part of the sort of dreamlike nature of his films. Um, it, it's the film that has that classic image of, Bri- is it Bridget LaHaye is how you pronounce her surname? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, a former yeah. porn actress. Uh, it has that famous image of her wielding a scythe and about to... Cut some, cut some woman's throat with it And it's a great still image But actually the moving image in the film Is quite clunky and unconvincing um, It's still a great movie though um, As I said, an acquired taste But I loved both Lips of Blood and Fascination I'm a bit of a Jean Roland I, uh, I wouldn't say fanboy Because I haven't seen that much of his work But what I have seen I've really liked
2: Would you, Were you expecting Hattie to turn up? Hattie? Was it Hattie? Roland? Roland? Grange Hill? So it's very bad. Hattie? Oh, don't remember Roland, Roland. Do you remember? Was Hattie his his friend he used I think to go so. Roland? I think so. So that's only <clears> a <throat> reference that I um, couldn't remember.
1: People... The, I couldn't remember the character's name.
2: I think it was. It was a Hattie? Maybe anyway, but it's only a, a reference that um, even most people in Britain won't get. Certainly won't get it in yeah, America. That's... So I won't dwell on it. But um, excellent. Anything? Anything else? Yes. One other one I watched was The Boogans, which is one I hadn't seen before.
1: It's about oh, mine. I love that movie. That's reopened after 70 years, and it unleashes some long-hidden critters called Boogans. not sure where the name comes from. They traverse this sort of underground network of tunnels then and end up in people's basements. Um, uh, One of the stars of the film, actually, is the wonderful Anne-Marie Martin, who is also known as Eddie Benton. She was, you know, one of the standouts, apart from Jamie Lee, in Prom Night, where she played Wendy. Also has a cameo role in Halloween too. and Rebecca Balding plays her best friend, and she was in um, Silent Scream. Uh, Everyone so it's good solid. knows
3: it's windy
1: Sorry <laughs> Is that an ad for that fast food chain You only have in America
3: No you've never heard Wait. that song Everyone no. knows it's windy Who's reaching out to Strangle Eric's penis <laughs> Sorry hire Go or
0: something before this got started Yeah That's
3: What
0: was <laughs> in
1: that coffee That was it's in industrial strength lot, coffee
3: Lots of Splenda and cream No, No sugar
1: Okay, well, anyway, the Boogans is good, solid early 80s um, Critter action. Uh, it's not done in a comedy style, so you can't really compare it to the likes of Critters and, and Ghoulies and that. But um <coughs> plot, plot line wouldn't be too dissimilar, I suppose. So, yeah, a thumbs up.
2: Excellent. Okay.
3: I, I love that one as well. It's like a monster mm-hmm. version of uh, My Bloody Valentine.
2: I really like it, it as well. It's it's yeah. one of Stephen King's favorite movies as well, isn't it? Is it? it? Yeah i didn't know that yeah well i think yeah it's um it's a film that didn't really do much at the time did it and it kind of disappeared from video or it didn't it kind of vanished for a long time didn't it but um has it been released on dvd i think it has it's on blu-ray in the states that's right yeah okay good stuff right well thank you eric i'll just rattle through i haven't really seen very much i say i've been really busy the last couple of weeks um a couple of films, just quickly mention. One was the Facility, which is a new British um, horror thriller film. Which kind of, I kind of guess you could um, describe as Twenty Eight Days Later, set in a laboratory. Um, and the, but the, the upshot of it is, it's a, a group of seven volunteers get taken to um, to an experimental lab where they're given an experimental drug and they're given two thousand pounds for this drug. And um, basically they get locked in and things start to go wrong with the drug and um, all hell breaks loose. Um, and as an idea, it's certainly not a new one. I mean, it's certainly there's kind of interesting things potentially to be said with um, <clears throat> kind of massive conglomerate, you know, um, the kind of pharmaceutical companies and their lack of ethics. But um, the film spent two thirds of the build up doing it almost in a documentary style thing which meant that every you saw every single person going and having the shot talking about having the shot seeing having the shot then talking about themselves after they've had the shot and how they feel and it just went on and on and on and on and then when it got to the action bit it wasn't especially convincing so not really a recommend from me but it's got um i think it's alex it's alex reed it's the woman from the descent (coughs) that's in it um some good stuff in it it's worth a watch but it's not no, nothing particularly special have you seen it eric
1: no no i just i was just looking at it on uh, imdb and i noticed that alex reed was in it yeah
2: yes not it um, sounds
1: it, the premise sounds good the review makes it sound not so good though
2: yeah yeah uh not jordan's ex-husband um that's that's, that's why underwear. i was intrigued i was like alex reed yeah <laughs> No. Um, and the other film I saw, which wasn't a horror movie or um, although it has a little bit of a connection to it, oddly enough, is the Steve Coogan, um, Paul Raymond's biopic, The Look of Love, which um, mm. by I think it's Michael Winterbottom directed it. But anyway, it's Paul Raymond. <laughs> uh, Paul, Paul Raymond was famous in the UK because he he ran Raymond's Review, which was a nudie club in Soho in London. In the fifties which started off as a topless bar and kind of yeah. um uh sort of song and dance place and then fully nude and he then he launched men only um the magazine in the u k and the states and um his one well, his long term <laughs> girlfriend was Fiona Richmond, who was um the 1970s, self-proclaimed um, Britain's sex bomb of the 1970s, and the only horror link actually is that she was in Expose, A.K.A. House on Straw Mountain, I think it was, or Straw Hill, Straw um, Hill, Straw Hill. Yeah, sorry. And um, she was she was in that. But the only reason I mention it was that the attention to detail period attention to detail is amazing. It actually is one of the few films I've seen set in a time period which they go from the 1950s to the 1980s or even the early 1990s and they all look like they are actually shot during that period really really good and so anyone who's got any interest in which i know we have but like um 1970s and 1960s 1970s kind of exploitation or horror it's just the attention to detail is is really really good um and well worth checking out so yeah have you seen that eric
1: No, I I had no interest, but now that you have uh, reviewed it in such glowing terms,
2: it does Mm. sound like something I would, you know, I think I'd enjoy.
3: Yeah, I'd like to see this as well. What's it called again? The
2: Look of Love. It's like the the old Dusty Springfield thing. I mean, it's Steve Coogan is playing Paul Raymond, and he does it in the style of Alan Partridge, which is kind of slightly (laughs) bizarre. So... um, but it's got Anna Friel in it as his wife, uh, and she's really good, and the woman who plays Fiona Richmond's really good as well. So it's yeah, it's definitely worth, worth a watch. If you've got any interest in that kind of seventies exploitation, it's like kind of sleazy kind of, you know, thing going on, um, then it it's it's definitely worth a watch. So that is me spent, and I think we're all spent, but we need to <laughs> gather ourselves in time for Joseph's quiz. Do you want me to play? little intro for you, Joseph. Sure.
3: Eric, Justin and Nathan, come on down. You are the next contestants on the Slash Is Right Slasher Movie Quiz, brought to you by Inga's Potty Pads. When you can't hold your water after a tantrum, choose Inga's Potty Pads.
1: (laughs) I can't help but feel I'm being picked on already. Oh. I said Inga, not Eric. Yeah, well...
3: Speaking of Eric, mm. Eric, yes, in my random slasher movie quiz, you are number one. So, would you like <laughs> door
1: number one, two, or three? I would like a big number two to
3: start, please. Big number two, okay. In being quote unquote forced to write Halloween two, what did John? What drink did John Carpenter have to force inspiration? Oh.
1: Well, I was listening to the commentary track of the thing only the other day, him and Kurt Russell, and they were drinking a lot of beer. So I'm just going to guess beer.
3: Well, it was a six pack of beer, but yeah, that's that's correct. Actually, Yay!
1: Eric got a point. I can't well, believe it. Well done, Eric. It. I know.
2: <laughs> Don't get Viral. used to rule.
1: This is the best quiz ever. <laughs> hmm. Now. Give Justin a question about what color underpants what somebody was wearing in bloody homecoming. Uh, and no, who who is bullying who? Mm-hmm. Sorry, who's bullying? Who's bullying? Yeah, who's you bullying, are bullying
2: who? me? Mm, yeah, right. Okay, I think the listeners at, at home can uh, judge themselves. Anyway, right. Joseph,
1: Justin, calm down, yes. calm down, uh, Inga. Just because you're losing,
2: I has not even started, Eric. Okay, Joseph, hit me still losing uh justin
3: door number uh i didn't mark the door numbers i just put them on what which
1: door number two
3: number three Mm -hmm. please all right that's the list okay number three all right justin this quote comes from the back of what slasher movie video box a steel stomach is required to watch the final scenes of mayhem
2: hmm I recognize recognise that, but um, it could be anything, couldn't it? Because with the back of video boxes, they would say that even if it was uh, driving Miss Daisy. Um, <laughs> so, a still stomach is... Mm, I'm going to have to take a punt at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
3: No, I'm sorry. I'm going to pass this to Nathan. Um
0: jeez, I don't know, um a steel stomach I'm gonna have to say blood rage,
3: no, I'm afraid not Eric
1: um, uh, um I am going to say <laughs> something really gore oh, pieces no, I'm
3: afraid you're all wrong. It is oh. driller killer
1: oh. But say, I don't even
3: remember do that. that movie.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Caffeine is needed to stay awake till the final scenes of mayhem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is
1: true. That is true.
3: All right, Nathan. You have door number one. So what slasher film is also known as the killer behind the mask? Um
0: Savage Weekend.
3: And that is correct. In round one, Nathan and Eric are tied with one, Justin at
1: zero.
2: Oh, gosh. Mm -hmm. I would have got the beer. I would have got the other two questions, right?
1: Oh, it sounds Mm -hmm. like somebody's turning into Inga. (laughs) Ooh, is that Inga Mm -hmm. in here?
2: Well, maybe it will be, Eric. What are you going to do about it?
1: Oh, oh, you're getting aggressive now. Ooh.
2: You like that, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) A
3: bit. Okay. (laughs) Okay, round two. Um... Justin, door number one, two, or three?
2: I'm going to go for Eric's number two, I think. Number two,
3: okay. Justin, what slasher movie does this quote belong to? I don't know about splitting up. It's usually not a good idea.
2: Well, it could be one of a couple of hundreds, couldn't it? Um, I don't know about (laughs) splitting up. Um,
3: Hell Knight no, no I'm sorry I'm going to pass this to Nathan
0: um, Urban Legends Final Cut
3: No probably not Eric um, I'm going
1: to guess Evil Laugh
3: No, I'm afraid not. I'm really surprised Nathan didn't get this. It was The Forest. Uh. Oh, I like The Forest, but I don't remember that line. Hmm. Hmm. All right, Nathan, door number one or door number three? Three. Door number three. All right, Nathan, what slasher movie does this tagline belong to? If you think you're safe, you're dead wrong. Um, if you think you're safe,
0: you're dead wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, geez, I keep thinking of titles, but then I know they're taglines, so I know it's not right. Um.
3: Uh, I don't know, Blood Rage. No, I'm sorry, Eric.
2: I
1: think it might be the Prowler. That is correct.
2: I would have got yeah. that one, too. I think there's, I think yeah, it's yeah. being fixed. This quiz is being fixed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody needs to go to IMDb and change my nickname from Inga to Justin's nickname to Inga.
2: Mm. <laughs> I would have got that. All right. But have you noticed Eric, that no one can get my question when I get it I would have no one got that, too. It? Sorry?
0: I said I would have got that, too. <laughs> Were you... <laughs>
3: Eric, yeah. you have door number 1. So, yes. Between Between Brian De Palma's Dress to Kill and Brian De Palma's Body Double, which film has the longer running time? Uh, 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 uh,
1: uh, uh, I've I've only seen Body Double once, so I can't remember how long it is. Hee <laughs> hee. I know Dress to <laughs> Kill is about an hour and 50. Uh,
3: 50. Well, wow.
1: I am going to say... <sighs> Brian De Palma films are usually quite long, so... Body double.
3: That is correct! Yes! It's 114... I never get the 50 right! 114 minutes in Dress to Kill is 105 minutes.
0: If I may channel my inner Inga here for a second, these 50-50 questions are not fair to those of us that don't get them.
2: That is true. <laughs> I
0: mean, well, that's not, the last one. Because even if you got it wrong, we wouldn't Nathan's have a chance
1: to name. steal. Maybe Nathan's name should change Inga. Mm-hmm. Well, All i right. in
0: second place with the inga
3: After two rounds, Eric is surprisingly in the lead with three. Nathan has Woo-hoo. one, and Justin is still Woo-hoo. at zero. Wow. All quizzes
1: this, should be like this.
3: This is not how I expected things to turn out. All right, round three. Uh, who went first last time? Was it Justin? Yeah, it so Nathan. Two. One, two, or three. Two, okay. What you should well, I don't know, you might get this one. Let's see. Nathan, what what is the body count total for Slumber Party Massacre? Okay,
0: okay. wait a minute, I've seen this movie a million times, so give me a second here. Okay, if the repair woman gets it, that's one. Then Linda, which, you know, her death's off screen, but we're led to believe she's dead. So that's two. Um Let's see, then you got um three, four um yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um I'm worried I'm missing somebody. Um That sounds like a Whitney Houston song.
3: (laughs) Um Oh crap, ten your final answer is 10.
0: Uh is this who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah.
3: I'm sorry, that is incorrect. <gasps> Somebody. Oh, man. Eric, do you know um n- I'm going to guess 8. No, I'm sorry, Justin.
2: I'm going to say 11.
3: No, you're all three wrong. It's 12. Oh. Oh. Mm.
1: No, there was that many All characters right. in that movie.
3: Eric, door number yes. one or door number three.
1: Oh, the big number two is gone. I'll have a nice number one then.
3: Number one, alright. Eric, in my bloody Valentine, how does Hollis die?
1: Oh, he's the eye candy, apart from his sloppy fringe, and he gets <laughs> nail gunned to the head. Several that times That is correct Wow <sighs> okay, I'm a little
3: upset This is not turning out How I wanted it to It's turning oh, out please. The way
0: I wanted it to You're totally Feeding Eric The easy ones He got a 50-50 what? question And now he got How does Hollis die In one of the most Well-known slasher movies ever
2: Yeah And also He gets mm-hmm. fed the, um, the sloppy seconds When Nathan gets them wrong mm. I've noticed
1: yeah, well when so you just, get yours wrong, Nathan, just it's just your close. sloppy seconds. <laughs> so Don't you guys sure go with me, you guys, just because I'm winning. But the ones you're, you're, that he gets wrong are really difficult. You're ruining my winning feeling.
3: <laughs> you're raining on my parade. Okay, okay. Justin, you have door number three, so Justin. Yes. Without, without cheating, mm-hmm. what was your cheese rating for the Slayer? Twenty-five.
2: 50, 75 or 100% Um I'm going to say
3: 50%. No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Nathan, can you guess?
0: Uh repeat the question.
3: What was Justin's cheese rating for the slayer? He guessed 50, so the only ones left now are 25, 75 or 100. Um I guess 75. No, I'm sorry. Eric, between 25 and 100. Okay, I'm going to guess 25, because it's not that cheesy. That is correct. Mm. <laughs> Woohoo!
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, come on. Come on with your little insults, everyone. Come on. Come on. No, Eric, oh. no! <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, we have two rounds left. Who went first last time?
1: Uh... Nathan, Was me it Nathan? first.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Eric, door number one,
1: two, or three? Well, I need another num- big number two. I think, please. Big
3: number two. All right, Eric. What slasher movie does this quote belong to? I've seen enough horror movies to know that any weirdo standing in the middle of the road wearing a mask is never friendly.
2: How easy? That is easy. That is easy after That's watching. You know what? Yeah. for the last. Two Jason weeks. lives Friday the 13th, part six.
1: Oh. That is correct. Are you ready? For well, your I would have to known that didn't. even if I hadn't watched Crystal Lake Memories. I'll have you know.
2: I can't believe Joseph's wow. gone over to the uh, the green sign, the Irish sign. <laughs> yes,
1: he did. Oh.
2: Justin, yes. door number
3: Jealousy. one or three? One, please. Door number one. All right. Justin, in what slasher movie does the killer keep telling his victims? You're my friend
2: uh, God, I don't I don't know. Uh you're my friend mm, I don't know is the honest answer. Um Junior
3: No, I'm sorry, Nathan? I don't know. Maniac? No.
1: Sorry. Eric? You're my friend. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm going to say. Eh, eh, eh.
3: Oh, God, I'm, I'm so really surprised so Nathan it's... didn't get this one.
1: Oh. Is it. I haven't seen the film, but it is it unhinged?
3: <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. It was actually Spine. Oh, I have seen Spine. Oh. Uh, but I haven't rewatched it recently, so I don't remember. If you would have just okay, said, who's Nathan. looking for Linda? <laughs> All right, Nathan, you're left with door number three. So, what slasher movie does this quote belong to? Just give me some sandpaper and lead me to the nursery.
0: A evil laugh.
3: Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> right.
0: I love that movie.
3: All right, going into the final round, uh, it looks like Eric has won this one already. Eric has six, Nathan has two, and Justin has zero.
2: Zero? Oh, the shame, Justin, the shame! But in my defense, in my defense, neither neither you or Nathan has been able to answer any of mine either. Mm. Have you?
0: You know, he's actually got a point...
2: yeah.
1: I have no recollection. of but, uh, what I've answered no. That is all true. I could have. I'm, I'm
2: not saying team. I'm not being a bad loser. I'm just saying that. my um, luck. I think my luck. It's it's. It would be different if either of you had been to answer any of my questions. Does anyone but, know um, how I change nicknames in IMDb? I wouldn't be so hot on that um, that trigger, Eric. Yeah, because yeah, I'm going to be, gonna be doing a quiz
0: soon, and we might be back to normal then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. All
3: right. Last round. Last chance for Justin to at least redeem himself. <laughs> Justin, one, two, or three? Two, please. Door number two. All right. Justin, what slasher movie from 1983 has an eight-syllable title?
1: (laughs) Eight syllables.
2: Oh, my God. Um,
0: Is it just one word that's eight syllables long?
2: Can't tell you. Slash movie from nineteen eighty three. Um, God, I don't, um, not No, it's not sleepaway camp. Um, oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna bomb out. I think. Let's try and think of something. Uh, hmm. I can only think of the ones with like six or something. Um. Friday 13th, part three? No, that's That's 1982, isn't it? Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I'm I'm going to pass
3: this to Nathan.
0: God, what's something with a long title? From
3: 1983.
0: When did Mountaintop come out? Mountaintop Motel Massacre. That is correct. Oh my God.
2: Well done.
3: All
0: right yeah, yeah. so uh, a
3: second <laughs> Nathan, door number one yeah. or door number three? One. Door number one it is. All right, Nathan. what cheese rating did Justin give scalps? 25, 50, 75 or 100? 100. No, I'm sorry. Justin, you are wrong.
0: (laughs) That movie is 100% cheesy. (laughs) Eric.
1: I'm going to say 75. That is correct. You're right, Justin. You're you're right. Justin Justin is right. Leave Justin alone, Nathan. He's right.
2: No, no, no. Justin
0: goes back and changes it, and then these questions have to be redone.
2: And why didn't that (laughs) get passed to me, Joseph?
1: Because I'm next in the chain. If I get one's one wrong, it's passed to you. Right.
3: All right. Uh Eric, you have door number 3 left. So, the last question, what is the name of the rousing anthem from Fatal Games?
1: Ooh. Take it all the way. Take it to the limit. Ooh, what's it called? <laughs> take it all. No, take it all the way. That's that is correct.
3: You, yeah,
2: that's what Eric oh my usually says on a Saturday night. Eric answered
3: night. every one of his questions mm-hmm. right.
2: That couldn't have been a fix, I could am it? A champion, so friend. did I.
3: Well. As the the quiz ended, Eric had eight, Nathan had three, Justin had zero. zero. And you know how, you know how in slasher films there's always a last second plot twist.
1: Hmm. Uh oh. Wash. Well,
3: I just have to tell you that this was not a quiz at all. It was actually a psychological test to see if Justin would turn into Inga. Eric was fed his answers previously, and Justin. No sort of turned into Inga. <laughs> he did turn so Technically, technically Nathan- he sort of turned into Inga, and Eric technically didn't win anything. So, there you go. Yes.
1: Oh. yes! But Nathan... Oh, that means I won. Nathan turned into Inga.
3: No, that technically means Nathan sort of won, but it's oh, technically yes. not a quiz. So, it was more of a psychological test to see if people's role reversals would happen. No, no, and no. Justin- Nathan
0: won, and that's all that matters.
3: He sort of fell into it, but he he did retain his dignity a little bit, so it was I guess it was an okay experiment,
2: unlike just Eric dignity don't go time. together shut at you
3: I promise the next time it will be a regular quiz with no last second plot twist. I
0: thought that that quiz seemed very odd to me
1: I did as well because <laughs> I kept, um... Eric
0: was getting everything right. I mean, did hmm. you even miss any what? questions?
1: What? what are you insinuating? <laughs> He I'm only missed name. stuff that I passed to him. That that you guys. I got two of the ones. Three of the ones passed me were right. I got right.
2: What do you mean you got you got three of the ones passed you? You got right. Yeah, I wasn't fed those answers, and I got them right. Oh, I see. Right. Once that. Once. ones
1: that Nathan passed on.
2: But you see, this is kind of like this is like the plot of a slasher movie, isn't it? Because then. Now I've been, you know, you know, you've you pulled a trick on me. And now I'm going to come back and kill you all in ten years' time.
0: <laughs> well, in my defense, Justin, I didn't know about it either, so
2: I should. Well, tell no, Eric I was the not. only one who knew about it. Well, we knew, didn't Andrew. we, Nathan? I think we knew there was something going on, didn't we? <laughs> it
3: was all, see. This is all more. This is all more psychological. You knew on an unconscious level that something was going on. Yeah, well, because Eric say won. Kind
2: of because Eric won, and what? that just never happens. And so I knew something must have gone wrong, horribly wrong. And so I I knew there was some kind of freak of nature thing going on.
3: Shut up. See, we always tease Eric that he's the Inga. My ultimate goal here was to see if someone else, mainly Justin, since he's always so civil, would turn into Inga, and he sort of did. So. yeah, he is. He's always silly. He's never.
1: he has got a mouth like a sewer. Never, he is.
3: He's <laughs> never. He never goes over the top. He did a little bit this time, so it was a somewhat success.
1: Yeah, I think it
0: would have been numbers. better though if you would have been very obvious with giving Eric like easy questions. I would. Lo- I wonder what Justin's reaction would have been then. <laughs>
2: well, I would. Well, I think always... most of them were
0: fairly easy. So. Yeah, 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 but not not like to the like an obvious level.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Well, I always keep my dignity, and that's a lesson that we, yeah. well, except Eric when you're drunk learn. and
1: falling down hills, <laughs>
2: <That> <laughs> no a, dignity then. When you
1: wake up in a ditch with a broken ankle,
2: that was a that was a legitimate accident, Eric. <laughs> a drunken legitimate accident. Well, it was still legitimate. Anyway, I think after that, it's like one of the... What was that film where they um, they made college students become the guards and the prisoners, and it all went horribly wrong. Summer Stanford camp
1: nightmare
2: continues. <laughs> Summer <laughs> camp nightmare? Well, no, it's actual a proper thing, wasn't it? A real was it Stanford experiment or whatever? But Well, the, there's um, one
0: called the Experiment. Yes,
2: yeah, so I think it's based on 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 real things. And see, that's what happened tonight. You see. Yes. Yes. Well, there we go. So the hysteria continues. <clears throat> Did was he, he tell
0: you, it, Eric, though? that he was going to tell everybody that this was a um a test?
1: Yes, but I thought he was going to wait till the end of the podcast. I didn't know he was going to blurt it out after, just after the quiz. Oh, because
0: you were going to milk it during the rest of the podcast. I thought,
1: yeah, I thought I was going to be able to milk it for the rest of the podcast and have you all. Sorry, I did not think of that. I didn't think of that. As, I didn't think of that. King, I'll do that, King now. Eric.
2: Yeah. Well, I, imagine, I mean, oops. yeah. I imagine Eric will still be milking it. Is,
0: <laughs> what's bad though is that now, from now on, if Eric ever wins a quiz, everybody's going to be suspicious.
2: Well, rightly so. Yeah. So
0: I've ruined Eric for everyone
3: now. <laughs> yeah, he kind of set you up, Eric. Ru- yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh,
2: we should move on. This is for Eric. We should move on. Poor Eric's the fool guy again. I've
1: been framed, just like Helen Lyle. Indeed, you have. Yes. Maybe well, that's you a very haven't.
2: good, a very good way of seeking into our feature presentation. So, yeah. um, we'll play the uh, the trailer for Candyman, and Joseph will come back in in one second.
1: Have you ever heard of Candyman? And if you look in the mirror, you say his name five times. In cities everywhere, Candyman, they whisper his name. Right.
3: Candyman.
1: It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a... Ghost story.
0: Candyman.
1: An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone, except Helen Lyle. Where did I get? Getting safe around here. That don't scare too easy.
0: You know about Ruthie Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Oh, candy man. Heaven.
2: Who is that? I,
1: I came for you. Do I know you? Now, she is about to discover. Helen? Good <laughs> What's behind the mystery? i sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! The most terrifying of all.
3: Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's
1: here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware.
3: A children's ghost story comes to terrifying life in this gut-wrenching thriller about a graduate student whose research into modern folklore summons the spirit of the dead. Helen Lyle laughs when she interviews college freshmen about their superstitions, but when she hears about Candyman, a slave spirit with a hook hand who is said to haunt Chicago's notorious Cabrini Green housing project, she thinks she has a new twist for her thesis. Braving the excuse me, braving the gang-ridden territory to visit the site of a brutal murder, Helen arrogantly assumes Candyman can't really exist, until he appears, igniting a string of terrifying, tragic slayings. But the police don't believe in monsters, and they charge Helen with the grisly crimes, and only one person can set her free, Candyman. Uh, Candyman's man's a film I first saw back in 1993 after it hit uh, home video, and I remember daring myself a few times to repeat uh, the title character's name in the bathroom mirror five times, much like the Bloody Mary legend the film takes an obvious inspiration from uh i found the movie effectively creepy and haunting and 20 years later i'm pretty much of the same opinion still i i guess i'm sort of known for picking uh would be or possibly could be slashers on the show but i think i'm completely justified in picking Candyman as in my mind it is a slasher film uh, it has a terrifying villain uh, wielding an instrument of death It relies on urban legend, folklore to add emphasis to its title character. Uh, You can find those elements in everything from Madman, The Burning, all the way to this and beyond. Uh, Of course, people are slashed, stabbed, hacked to pieces, etc., etc., Uh, There's one quote-unquote slashing scene in particular that I find very effective, and it involves the moment, and we're getting into some some spoilers here, Uh, involves the moment when Helen attempts to invoke the Candyman to prove to a psychologist that she's not insane. Uh, This scene sort of goes the way of poor Helen, no one will ever believe her, until the Candyman appears at the last second and kills the doctor in one of the film's uh, more graphic moments uh, of many. Uh of course the score by Philip Glass is beyond excellent. Uh I think Tony Todd is suitably, suitably chilling as the title character, but in my mind it's uh Madsen, Virginia Madsen who steals the show as the cynical Helen, you know, who she slowly uh as the film reaches its conclusion kind of converts to a believer. Uh there are scenes where Helen uh in particular she's listening to conversations conversations and she just kind of appears lost in the words and her eyes do some incredible moments of acting. Um, I'd have a lot more to say, but for now I'll let Nathan throw his hook into it.
0: Um, well, I'm sure this will come as a shock to nobody that I love Candyman. I think it's a uh, really well-made. Um, I think the story is very interesting, you know, and like you said, the acting is very good all the way around you know I think Virginia Madsen is one of the most underrated actresses out there you know like I think that she I really feel like she should have gone on to you know I guess like superstardom at some point but I don't know I guess it never quite happened but you know and Tony Todd is excellent as Man, he's got a great voice for it of course um, the music I love love the score for this movie um, you know every piece of music in this movie is brilliant I believe um, And I'm kind of um, one of the people that I find the first half of Candyman a lot scarier than the last half. Uh, to me, it's just a matter of once you get to know the evil and, you know, it, 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 he just kind of loses something for me. Like, I thought he was much scarier as the story and kind of in the shadows and just hearing about him. I mean, to me, like... The scene where he's, you know, got Helen and is going to kiss her with the bees in his mouth. I mean, that's nowhere near as scary as just hearing the story about Ruthie Jean, like this old lady in this building who hears somebody like coming through her wall to get her. I mean, just hearing that story to me is scarier than anything in the last half of the movie. So, I mean, I guess I'm just more of, you know, what you don't see is scarier than I guess when he's right there. That doesn't mean I think the last half of the movie is bad. Like, I think it's really good. It just, instead of being scary for me, it kind of turns into more like, oh, my God, how is Helen going to get out of this? You know what I mean? Because the evidence against her is pretty damning, even though she's innocent. Um, and there is one scene I think is scary in the latter half of the movie. It's when Bernadette, her friend, is coming to see her. And Candyman's behind the door. I thought that scene was very well done, you know, with the music and with the acting on the part of Tony Todd and the actress that played Bernadette. I can't remember her name, but she was Cassie excellent Lennon. in that scene. Yeah, she Cassie was Lennon. great in that scene because she kind of has that look on her face just like it's like your heart's like you know, dropped to the floor and like her face is just kind of shaking slightly. Like, you know, it's just kind of a look of like shock and, you know, oh, God, I'm about to get it um with that hook um but anyway yeah i, I don't want to uh blab on too long here but you know i'm a fan i like it
3: yeah i would kind of agree with you that the, the storytelling uh part portion of uh candy man's legend is scarier than when tony todd shows up that's not a knock against tony i think no not you know, at all with, uh, with the work, with the work he's given, and you know he does have to talk a lot. I think he, you know, he makes the best of it, and he, he really is good. But uh, Eric, what about you? Mm,
1: yeah, I do like Candyman as well. Um, I, it reminds me kind of of uh, a mashup between Urban Legend and a Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, Urban Legend obviously because the that's what the film is focusing on, and Elm Street because I suppose Candyman is kind of a Freddy Krueger type minus the quips. Um, I saw this in 19 yeah 1992 when it came out in the cinemas and then I saw it on VHS maybe 6 months later and so this is the first time revisiting the film in 20 years. Um I don't know don't know why I've never I I bought the VHS or the DVD when you mentioned we we're going to be um <coughs> uh, reviewing it for an upcoming show. Um uh, and yeah I've, I just don't understand why I've never gone back to the film in 20 years because it, it is actually really really good. I mean it does look quite it looks very ni- early nineties. The, the whole look of the film and the hair and the fashions and everything. So it has kind of a dated look, but that's not something I, I have a quibble with. To be honest, you know me and my outdated fashions. I do love them. Um, I'm not. One thing I'm not enthused about with most Clive Barker adaptations or Clive Barker scripts is the elaborate soliloquies that the villains do. It's a problem I find with the Hellraiser series as well. Um, the I just. They, they they work fine on the printed page in his in his short stories, in his novels. All that type of stuff works. But when they're said out loud, it comes across as slightly pretentious when spoken on screen. Um, you know, it's not a huge problem. And it does, it certainly raises the film above the likes of, well, whatever it was in competition with back in 1992. I don't know, something like Jason Goes to Hell might have been out around that time as well. So it's certainly, uh, script-wise, is a notch above that. It just, I find the... Elaborate Candyman, you know, monologues a bit uh, cringy at times. Um, I'm probably the only one who thinks that, though. But, I mean, on the flip side of that. No, you think that as well, Nathan, yeah? Uh,
0: I kind of agree with you, and I really hate to say it because I love the movie so much, but some of the lines that, you know, that Candyman has to say, they come across kind of hokey.
1: Mm, That's what I think as well. Although he's, like, he does, I would about, agree.
3: I would agree, but I think Todd really does. He, he,
0: yeah. You
1: know, yeah. To me, he, he saves it. it. He saves like he does, some hokey because He's dialogue. a very good actor. And, yeah. He's a very good actor, and he has an amazing, that amazing deep voice, uh, which may have some kind of audio processing put on it. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it is really, really good. And I mean, on the flip side of that, you have really, really cheesy dialogue, like the famous I hear you're looking for Candyman Bitch. And, uh, uh I
2: think also,
1: <laughs> there's also a great line, which is actually in the short story as well, where I think, I think anyway, where it says, uh, they found it floating in a toilet, which is referring to some dude's severed Winky. Um, no, it's a kid.
3: It's a tiny little kid. I think mm, they're referring yeah. to in the film. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm.
3: Can't fix that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But it's, but it's,
1: yeah. it, but it's, a, it's a Winkle that's cut off and, and they said they found <laughs> it floating in the toilet. Um, I also, uh, a film I find sort of blackly comic as well is where um, Helen is, is sort of trying to defend herself from Anne-Marie with the meat cleaver um, after her first encounter with Candyman and the police walk in just at the wrong moment and she's wielding the meat cleaver and she has a sort of look of, oh, this isn't what it looks like on her face, which I thought was <laughs> kind of funny. Um, um Yeah, there is one scene that really disgusts me uh, and it it sort of outdoes Friday the 13th Part 3 for disgusting toilet behaviour. And that's where uh, Helen is looking through the toilet where the young boy was killed. And there is what looks like a colossal poo on the floor of the toilet. (laughs) You know, when she lifts the lid and she sees all the bees inside it. If you look to the right of that, there's a colossal poo on the floor. It's like, ew, Ew. I was trying to eat. I was trying to eat my lunch while watching that. And it was, Oh, I thought I was going to throw up. It was so disgusting. And um, the sweets
0: to the sweet written on the wall in poo didn't bother you though. That well, that really did as well. Too. Yeah. I,
3: I thought know. that was dried blood. Well, it <laughs> no,
0: might've been, but it looked I like
2: definitely saw sweet, something else. sweet corn in it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 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 sweets <laughs> to the sweet corn. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, so disgusting. Uh, one thing I'm confused, like I do love the film and I'm, I'm, I'm Criticising it here, but I do actually really like it. But one thing I'm, I'm always a bit confused about is the lo- the internal logic of the film regarding the Candyman myth. Um, like at the start, where they're telling the story that has Ted Raimi in it, uh, he says Candyman into the mirror four times, and then his girlfriend says it once, and Candyman appears behind her and kills her. Uh, I thought I thought she would have had to say it five times. No.
3: Yeah, I'm not too not too clear on that either. But yeah, I, well. Hmm.
0: I mean, and, and remember, and that's just a story that somebody's told. And True. who knows how the Candyman legend is like True. changed from story to story. But what
1: I always want, my, myself and my friends were having this discussion when we saw it in the cinema all those years ago. Like, if you said Candyman like once a day or once a week for five weeks, would he appear then? Or if you accidentally said it into a glass, which is a semi-reflective surface, would that work? Um, <laughs> I'm, and I'm also wondering about pronunciation that, you know, like with Siri. On your iPhone or iPad, would would Candyman have problems if you had a strong accent or if that's you were like, foreign? That's like and what
3: you're... Nathan said about um, the Evil Dead. If you if you had a very bad inflection in your voice and you tried to read the Book of the Dead, like if you said Candyman, would it would it you know would it still work?
1: Yeah, he'd be like, Were
3: well, you looking for me?" <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, yeah, bitch. Are well, hey, you looking for Candyman, bitch?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I, I do problem. agree with. Creole, my Creole accent. We hear you're looking very for Candy was... Man.
1: Well, anyway. very convincing it was too, and I do it in a Justin accent. Uh, hello,
3: love. We hear you're looking for Candy Man. <laughs>
1: that sounds Southern. That's Southern,
2: <laughs> lie me.
3: I don't know. I cannot do well, that. I'm sorry,
1: Justin. You Blimey. are Southern. We
3: hear you're looking for
0: Candy Man.
2: <laughs> you looking I'm not for Princess candy, man. Diana. That's not true. I can't do accents either, Joseph. We tried doing accents anyway, before, haven't we? But um, yeah, yes, we out <laughs> world, it never works that well,
1: does it? We're not actually we're not blessed with the most um, amazing ability for accents, are we? No, um, I will agree with you, Nathan. I think the, for me, the, the most tense and the most um, uh, suspenseful scene in the film for me is where Anne Marie, or not Anne-Marie, where Bernadette and Helen are saying Candyman into the mirror. Uh, for those five times you know they're all there laughing and joking thinking nothing's going to happen whereas we the audience know something will happen shortly probably um, and then of course they leave you in suspense because Candyman actually doesn't appear for another maybe 10 minutes into the film but I thought that scene where they're saying it and you're, you're sort of saying to yourself no no don't do it um, which is quite good uh, and Philip Glass's score is incredible I mean it's totally unlike any horror movie score uh, certainly of that era um, I love like the the use of a, of a huge organ, uh, which <coughs> Justin probably liked as well. Um, <sighs> well, I would not put that in my mouth, or
3: you might explode.
1: <laughs> yes, um, yeah. So I get, it gets two big hooks up for me. I do love Candyman again. Uh, I only saw it for the third time in my life earlier this week, which is uh, surprising because I do quite like it. And I've, for some odd reason, I've seen Candyman Farewell to the Flesh more times, I think. <coughs> and it's not, it's not a terribly good movie. So, uh, yeah, yeah, love Candyman.
2: Justin. Okay. Well, I saw Candyman at the cinema like um, Eric back in 1992, or was it 93? When did it come out in the UK? Come out yeah, in yeah, the I'm, cinema I'm not... 92. I think it, September, came out it was here. September
1: 92 in, in the America, but yeah, it could have been 93 when it arrived our side of the pond.
2: I think it was March 93 I saw, but, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. way back in the early 90s. And I very well, I remember actually seeing it really well because I was working at cinema at the time in Brighton. And I'm I may have told the stories before, but it's not a particularly interesting story, but I'll tell it again. But um I saw a sneak preview of the film, so I do not really know that much about it because obviously it's kind of like it's pretty much pre internet, um, so there wasn't that kind of buzz. It was just things you would read in Shivers magazine or whatever. So um there's little tidbits you'd hear. But anyway, I saw it in a very empty cinema because it was only I think it was a lunchtime showing and it was a it's a press showing, so it was only gonna be a few people in there and um and uh the best friend of one of the women who managed the cinema went in to wait for her and she watched it. And I remember when she came out and she was completely ashen. She was completely, you, you know, grey, <laughs> shaking, and she'd only gone in there just to wait for her friend to finish work and she came out looking like she was completely, you know, it just completely messed with her head, and she was she couldn't stop shaking. But I remember there were there were bits in the film, watching it on the massive great screen, that actually had a really um, that kind of the, the, you get quite rarely in films where you actually feel that real frisson of of fear, or something almost becomes other, you know, becomes so so scary that actually kind of it goes into a kind of almost different place and I remember that with Candyman one of the, especially the scene where Helen wakes up covered in blood in the Cabrini Green and that kind of, the whole thing of not knowing why she's there and the audience sharing in her complete panic and not knowing what was going on um, and I, I can't help I mean I do love Candyman, I, I think it's great but it's one of those films it's strange, I have a real I have a problem with 90s films to some way because 80s and 70s films, the fashions and everything like that uh, are appealing to me, whereas I still find the 90s looks quite clunky. It's it's kind of weird. I know it's a kind of a whole generational thing and, and the 90s are back at the moment, but it's kind of something that's kind of taking a little bit, you know, Helen's turtleneck jumper and all that kind of stuff and the it just it's something that kind of grates with me i mean it shouldn't be an issue and it's it's only a very minor one but um it's it just for as an immersive experience it kind of took me out of it a little bit i still think it's a great film i mean the the philip Glass's score is remarkable um the direction is fantastic i mean everything about it's great virginia Madsen is 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 incredible in it, I think she's is such a um, good heroine or main, you know, a main character. She kind of carries the film brilliantly, um, and it's you know they've got to give it props for being kind of the first urban legends film, really, haven't we? That without Candyman, there probably would never have been urban legends or or um what was that awful lover's lane and all those kind of films um obviously you had a film like we covered last time which taught, you know played a urban legends like he knows you're alone but uh the candy man um did take that uh you know that the whole clive barker thing and i think <coughs> it did, did it really well and i've read the forbidden in the books of blood years and years and years ago and i don't remember it very well but i know obviously it was set in liverpool in 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 england so it would have been very different um to the To the film so i I think it 's a great film um, it it just didn 't quite work as well for me this time as it has in the past, but I think that 's also down to um, familiarity. I think sometimes you get a film like Friday thirteenth part three where you can put it on and it 's like putting on a pair of slippers and you can watch it again and again again and again um, but sometimes films that kind of may be slightly more intellectually or whatever engaging um i think that familiarity can sometimes you know mean it doesn't quite work as well on repeated viewings and um I, i have seen the film quite recently as well so but but yeah it's probably one of the best films we've covered on the podcast certainly but uh yeah just with slight reservations but i think that says more about me than the film itself I have. Okay.
1: I did read the. I read the reread the forbidden this week actually to see how oh, yeah. it compared, and uh, it is remarkably similar. Uh, I mean, the villain in it is called Candyman for starters, but there is the, the one big difference is there's no. Um, well, apart from relocation to the states, uh, the big difference is there's no none of this saying it into a mirror five times malarkey that was done for the film, um, but the rest of the s- script is quite similar, or the rest of the short story is quite similar. Yeah.
2: Okay. Is it is it about somebody doing a, a looking into urban legends? No, she's actually
1: she's studying graffiti and that she's doing that for her thesis. So she's right. photographing all this graffiti and somebody says, "Why don't you come into this in, into this?" You know, they call them the projects in the states. I don't know what, what do we call them over here? Council houses council apartments whatever you mm. call them mm. uh, council flat yeah and she says come in and look at these derelict council flats and because the you know the graffiti is much more obscene and more elaborate and blah 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 so she goes in there and that's where she learns about this character called Candyman mm-hmm. uh, but the character names are all the same and she sees Sweets to the Sweet written under the and there's the door frame with the mouth around it like there is in the film yeah mm. and yeah. It, it ends it ends kind of similarly yeah mm.
3: One thing I wanted to talk about, and this is, you know, getting into major spoilers, um, obviously, you know, with the sequels, it kind of cancels this idea out. But one thing I thought I've always thought is um, the movie kind of plays on both sides that. Perhaps Candyman really isn't real and that it was Helen the entire time because uh, Mm. at the end when you you see the mural of the girl from uh, the past that looks just like Helen and Candyman, you hear Candyman say it was always you – for at one, like you think he's saying that because he means he, it was always her, like she's a reincarnation or something. But it could always mean um, it was always her doing the killings. Because I always thought, you know, uh, she got so into this, and then that moment when she got hit on the head by the gang member, maybe she kind of went, you know, a little psychopathic and a little overboard. Because no one else really sees Candyman except her. Um, and she's the one who comes back at the end. Um, when Trevor, her, her cheating, uh, ex-husband or boyfriend or whatever says, <laughs> says her name into the, the mirror and then she's the one that comes back. And then of course that it was always you line kind of, you know, gives that uh whole, well, it could be schizophrenia. It could be like a whole, uh, fight club thing going on here, but it's probably not meant to be taken that way, but you can kind of, you know, there's a little bit, a few clues that would, you know, point in that direction,
1: I think. They do. Nah, they do discuss that on man. the. <laughs> they do discuss that actual um, reading of the film on the special features in the DVD. The makers oh, say, really? you know, it's nice if people can read that into it. Although they do, they are aware that the film more or less explicitly states that Candyman is a real, a real demon or whatever. But, yeah, but they do say they do say that they do like that some people read that into the film and it is it's i think it's quite it's a valid point but as you say it's undone by the sequels but yes i'd
3: never actually watched the special features so i had no idea but Mm. i mean i always you know i always assumed that Candyman was real but you know if you if you look at these little little clues you can Mm. definitely get a schizophrenia angle out of the film
2: Mm. Well, virginia madsen says on the commentary that um she was talking about that and she said the only bit in the film where she couldn't it could you know, she the reason she thinks it was the candy man was real was the killing of the psychiatrist. She said that her character couldn't have done that because she was strapped yeah. to a chair. Struck, that's the only yeah. that's the only one, all the others you could look at it and think, Well, this all kind of happens off screen or whatever, and she wakes up and or, you know, she's seeing it through different eyes and um uh, but that that was the one she said that made her think that she really hoped that Helen wasn't mad and doing the killing, and it was the the killing of the psychiatrist who don't you recognise him? He was the I can't remember his name now, but he was the bank manager in Drag Me to Hell. Oh, uh, just, didn't know that. Uh, just younger, yeah, twenty years younger. Mm. But um,
3: I didn't notice that either.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a, it's an interesting point because I think. Um, um the director uh bernard rose was i think quite keen to play with that wasn't he throughout the film mm. hmm. yeah
1: but he did, he did that yeah. whole i haven't seen his previous film Paperhouse, in a long time but it sort of did the same type of thing didn't it sort of mm. i think so
3: yeah of course you mentioned that eric you mentioned that uh the boyfriend in the in the story at the beginning is ted ramey i just do not buy him as a tough bad boy <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> when you want bad boy, you pick Ted Raimi. Yeah, right.
2: Mind you, it's like um, no. her, her husband wasn't it? Zander, is it Zonda oh. Berkeley? Xander Berkeley. Yeah, he was um, Christopher Crawford, wasn't he? In Mommy Dearest. So I didn't really buy him as. Um,
1: oh, oh was he? As even. the adult? I remember. Christopher I remember. Uh, around around the time of Candyman, I used to go to the cinema quite a lot, and Xander Berkeley was in every other film we'd go see <laughs> in a small role. Mm. he was just so prolific back then
3: he's always playing like a, a cheating asshole i mean i don't think yeah. i've ever seen him play a nice guy in anything mm. the one mm. thing
1: he I gets they... um, he gets skewered in terminator 2 that's right to the fridge doesn't he
2: yeah yeah i quite liked it i thought he's pretty good in this i thought all the acting was really good mm. and i really liked his girlfriend you know the the, the slutty little uh, student <laughs> yeah because i, I love really... when she turns around and sees helen walk in that's such a great reaction, isn't she it? starts so, crying. Yeah. But it's yeah. so realistic, isn't it? Because she starts smiling as if like, oh, hello. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my God like that. She's she's smiling. And the and awful color they're terror. painting the apartment. It's I just know. terrible. No wonder.
1: Anna and of course, you get Alexander's immortal line. Oh, honey, have you done another boo boo? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that
2: was. Um,
0: now, did. Um, the fake candy man was the one that killed Ruthie Jean.
2: Because yes, I just can't imagine
0: they, this older woman, yeah, like calling for the real one.
3: Because the it detective be the determines one. determines that when they had him in interrogation, they they determined that he he was the one who killed uh, Ruthie Jean. Mm. Okay. To spread to spread fear amongst the the project, the Cabrini Green towers and stuff.
2: Because it was all based on um, a real crime thing, not the Cantyman thing, but the knocking the um uh the bathroom mirror through, wasn't it? To different apartments, apparently <clears throat> Bernard Rose were saying that that was actually based on a real account of some right. murders that mm-hmm. happened, which kind of makes sense. I mean, it's a really clever way of doing it, isn't it? But he was sort of saying, wasn't he, Candyman at the end of the film was saying that um, um, that Helen had basically destroyed his disciples. He needed his disciples for him to exist, which is quite a Freddy Krueger Style thing as well, yeah. That's whole what idea. I was thinking. Yeah, he needs yeah, the that... fear
1: to exist, too.
2: Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. so his disciples were carrying out the Candyman the killings for him almost, so he was able to exist throughout that or through that. Um, yeah, that's what they'd said. And mm.
0: um, they really messed Helen up, too, because when it showed her eye after she got attacked, mm. Mm. she looked awful. Yeah, mm. it was yeah, terrible.
1: If, if candy if Candyman wants to be with Helen so badly, why doesn't he just kill her? Why does he sort of frame her for all this, all these other deaths? I don't quite I think get it's that.
3: More, I think it's more along the lines that he wants. You know, he doesn't want to just be with her. He wants them both to have their own, you know, legends. Because at the end, when he's he's going off, he's like, our names will be whispered into a thousand mirrors and stuff like that. So I think it's more along the lines of, you know, he wants her to have her own kind of legend and i was well. wondering
1: i was wondering as well if he wanted her he, like he fucks up her life excuse my language he fucks up her <gasps> life uh to such a degree <gasps> that he's he is the only one she can turn to so maybe she would actually yeah. want him then mm-hmm. i do love that um that scene where she's standing you know on the bridge and you hear he says the line they will all desert you or something it's quite sad i thought
2: mm-hmm. yeah how do you think she got, one thing that did strike me, how do you think she actually got off the, um, oh, no, she did, that's right, she got off the ledge. How did she get away from the hospital, do you think?
3: Well, she climbed the out nurse. the window and just,
2: I know she's dressed yeah. up as a nurse, but it just seemed a bit unrealistic that this high, you know, high-profile break, you know, they kind of all the alarms going yeah. off and she was able to walk. But anyway, I thought, because I, I liked that, that shot on the bridge, it kind of felt like she she might be about to kill herself, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's what's was kind of really sad about it. I saw. She yeah, they really put her
3: of the ringer in this film. Yeah. She yeah. just carries it so well. The cinematography, I mean, the the atmosphere and the cinematography in this film is just so good. And there's one scene I really like is when Helen, um, after she gets attacked and uh, her friend says we were able to save, you know, a lot of these uh, – pictures that you lost she's she's looking at these slides and that that one moment where she zooms in and you and you see Candyman standing against the wall in the background that scene always just gave me the creeps
1: mm. Mm. yeah i love scenes like that in in mm. movies
3: where you don't you don't notice first... when she goes by it and then when it, when she goes back to it and then you see it you're like ooh, that's creepy
0: and the first half is littered with scenes you know they're creepy like that i think you know, much more so than the second half, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so many like scenes that kind of get under your skin in the first half of the movie, I think.
2: Hmm. I agree. I mean, definitely it was that kind of hiding in the shadows. And I think, um, I think, uh, you know, the Cantyman, man, because again, he's so over familiar now, isn't he? That, um, you can't help, but I, yeah, I, I agree. I prefer, the first half of the film um, infinitely to the second half, although second half has got a kind of lyricism or whatever. And it's very, it's very beautiful, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Beautifully shot. But I think it's, it's, it's a problem with any type of horror movie when you've got fantasy involved and Clive Barker, as much as I like, I like his, um, um, I am, you know, I like his writing. I, he's, he very much, he's got tendency, hasn't he, to go off to dark fantasy, which I think probably Mm -hmm. works better on on the page than it does on on screen because something a film like nightbreed which i haven't seen for years and years and years but i think it's quite difficult to to pull off a monster isn't it you know we're well not you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but, yeah. but it's uh, very you difficult obviously i haven't seen joe D'Amato's porno holocaust so. <laughs> no thankfully not I have. no but it's it's difficult to to make kind of latex monsters believable isn't it and give them mm-hmm. any kind of pathos or uh, whereas candy man definitely has that but um it's just that whole the fantasy thing becomes i don't know it just when that starts happening it takes takes me out of it a little bit and i become more of a rather than a participant in the film i kind of really into it i become more of a just an observer of it if that makes sense because I don't, yeah. I, it stops me engaging with it Perhaps as much as I had been before And I think that's that's a problem With all, many horror movies With fantastical elements you know. <laughs> okay. I have so, that
1: problem With uh, uh, Hellraiser Which is a film I adore But I find the last 10 minutes Is just throwing as many monsters as possible on screen And, and as much flashing strobe lights as you can Without yeah. any sort of uh, You know it, it just doesn't live up to the, the build up Of the first 70 minutes Which is more mysterious yeah
3: you know i 've never been i 've never been a big fan of the Hellraiser films, even the first one I mean I like it but it 's not one I can you know rewatch now, now the third one that, i think that 's the only one I can rewatch because it 's so oh. stupid
1: I, so, yeah. it's well, just so
3: bad and entertaining
1: i don 't like the third one at all
0: <gasps> not even the club massacre where oh the yeah, yeah. The yeah. I
1: can watch but again Justin was saying about the, having a problem with nineties films and i when it comes to to something like Hellraiser three, I think that's the problem. It's it feels so like a it feels like a straight to video, although and I know it wasn't. It feels like a straight to video nineties movie, which is you know not a uh, it's that's not a, a compliment. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um,
0: going back to Candyman, what's the actress? I can't remember her name, uh, but it's uh, the woman that lives in Cab- Cabrini Green, the one that Helen oh. kind of
3: Vanessa told. Williams. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, who yeah. I always... No, up
0: until a different early, Vanessa warnings. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I always, thought
3: that... I remember
1: thinking that too way back when. I thought it was the singer, but it's not. It's a different one. No, it's yeah. not.
0: But she gave an incredible performance too, I think. When she's telling the story like about Ruthie Jean and then she is talking about how Candyman could come through the wall at any time and how scared she is, Like, I thought she was very, very convincing. Hmm.
1: I thought she was incredible in the scene where she's just going mental when she finds her baby missing. Yes, like... That was
0: that. That felt very real as well. It
1: did.
3: Yeah, I mean the Poor acting dog. from just about from everyone in that movie is just incredible. Yeah. Agreed.
2: Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Well, do you want to talk a little bit about um, uh, some backgrounds? Yeah, our, I mean I have quite
3: well. a lot here, so um, okay. I guess well, I'll go we for that should uh, we do
2: should we have a little musical interlude? Sure. Eric, you know what's coming. Oh, here we
1: go. Yes.
2: That was Ooh, uh, matron. <laughs> that was uh, Susan Abanchi's Candyman. Mm. So mm. so when, when we have there is a slasher movie with a Toya song in the title, then Eric can do yeah. that, can't you, Eric?
1: Yeah, well we could we could put one into this episode because it's a mystery as to whether <laughs> Candyman is real or not.
2: <laughs> okay. Right. He's well, reaching, he's reaching. He's reaching, I'm he's not. reaching. So sorry, Joseph you were going to um, regale us with some background. You know, I mean, uh, in the early 90s, my father
3: and my brother, my older brother, they owned a nightclub where a lot of bands would play, and there was a band that played there quite often called Cabrini Green. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, let's see. Uh, a lot of this is taken from the IMDb, so, you know, some of it may or may not be true, but the budget was estimated at $8 million and and... Uh, At the U.S. box office, it took in a little over $25 so the film was a a marginal success. I mean, for the early 90s, that's quite a lot of money. Um, Siskel and Ebert uh, split on this when they reviewed the film. Roger Ebert called it an effective chiller, and Gene Siskel uh, said the setup was quite good, but the last half was much too reliant on blood and gore, and that he thought the title character reminded him too much of a pimp. Which I guess I can kind of see that he's wearing that long coat and he has that big, deep voice, and he is a black man, so <gasps> uh racists well, I mean that's typically what a pimp looks like. I'm sorry anyway um there's a guy fox mask hanging next to Helen's bathroom mirror uh Fox is an infamous figure in English history. Uh, an influence from Clive Barker's original original story, perhaps, who attempted to blow up the English Parliament on November the 5th uh, in 1605. Uh, every year, the British celebrate Guy Fawkes Day by lighting bonfires and burning Fox and Effigy, just sort of like they do at the end of Candyman, with uh, Helen and Candyman inside the bonfire. Uh, Virginia Madsen claims that she was hypnoti- hypnotized for some of the film scenes, and I'd said this in my intro. She does; her eyes are so they look like they're hypnotized, and it's some real. It, whether she was actually hypnotized or she was acting, it it does have that kind of vibe going. But uh, let's see. Uh, "Sweet to the sweet," which was written on the walls in two areas of Cabrini Green, is actually a line from Shakespeare's Hamlet, apparently um let's see what else uh real bees were actually put into tony todd's mouth while they were shooting the climax he's his only protection was a mouth guard that kept him from uh, having the bees go down his throat um let's see on the dvd commentary alan Paul said that had virginia madsen been unavailable the part of helen would have most likely gone to then unknown sandra bullock that might have been kind of weird but uh Exterior, hallway, and stairway scenes were actually filmed for a few days in the infamous Cabrini-Green housing projects, though the producers had to make a deal with the, with the, the ruling gang members to put them in the movie as extras to ensure that the, the cast and crew's safety was uh, intact during filming. Uh, even with this arrangement, a sniper put a bullet through the production van on the last day of filming, though uh, thankfully no one was injured. Um, Philip Glass, who did the score, the amazing score, uh, was asked by director Bernard Rose to compose a score for his Candyman, uh, Glass accepted and wrote a Gothic score for a chorus and pipe organ. The final version of the film was a disappointment to glass. Apparently he felt that he had been m- manipulated, um, what was presented to him as a low-budget, kind of independent project with creative integrity became, in his opinion, a low-budget Hollywood slasher flick. Boo. As a result, Glass uh, withheld his consent for the release of the recordings uh, until around 2001. I guess he kind of relented. Uh, in August, in an August 2011 interview with Cindy Perlman of the Chicago Sun-Times, Tony Todd stated... I'll never forget that I filmed the movie in a building on the south side of Chicago, building 116 Unit C, he said. That's the Candyman pad. And finally, this is the last bit I have. Apparently, I don't know if this is true or not, but Eddie Murphy was considered for the title role, and that, I don't think Ooh. that would have worked at all. <laughs> Ouch.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah.
3: But that's all I have.
1: Okay. Anyone else? I have two additional things, as all because you've said sure. everything else Go I ahead. had. All okay, right. uh, one is that Rush, Rusty Schwimmer plays the the cop who does the strip search in Victoria on uh, Virginia Madsen, uh, and the reason she was cast is that she's Virginia Madsen's best friend, so it meant that she would be more comfortable acting in the scene whilst getting undressed. But uh, Rusty Schwimmer is also in Jason Goes to Hell, which is something I mentioned earlier. She is the she's the diner owner, I think, who gets her face smashed in by Jason, if you remember that scene. Um, And apparently there was an original ending shot for Candyman, where the camera pans through the lair of the Candyman and reveals Helen encased within a beehive. uh, And then she opens her eyes. But uh, it was never used. And unfortunately, I I don't think I've ever seen it. Um, It's certainly not on the DVD. But although they do mention it in the commentary track. So uh, that's all I have.
3: Nathan? just. Nathan, do you have anything? Um
0: uh Cabrini Green is actually not green.
2: <gasps> no. Wow. That's cool. I don't they think should I can trust green them because
3: anymore. they're uh yeah, they're gonna, you know, mess up the environment.
2: I I've got something shocking to tell you as well. I forgot to hit okay. the record button. <gasps> no, that's not true. I'll start getting <laughs> back I didn't think so, it would be. <laughs> um, I do have a couple of bits. Um are you covered a lot I'm sure of it, you but, do. But the um Clive Barker um said that the woof, original woof. What? Clive Barker. Woof woof. <sighs> oh Eric. Um he said the story originated That's by um <sighs> Have you stopped now, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> like have a you. Dad and his you have okay clive barker said the story original story was well um, um inspired by tales his grandma used to tell him uh when he was four years old about not going to public toilets because there'll be men there waiting to cut his winky off so <laughs> so which is a lovely thing for grandma to say to a four-year-old as you can imagine mm. uh, he also said that he used to get very angry letters and um uh, read things from black historians um criticizing him for exploiting black urban legends until he couldn't take any longer and wrote back to one of them and said actually i wrote the story um and the irony was that the urban legend had grown up around the film did exactly what urban legends do and passes into kind of the common sort of myth mythos or whatever vernacular and um and uh he, so he had to tell them actually he he actually invented it um bernard rose said the you know as I, I think eric you pointed out that it wasn't the mirror wasn't in the short story and he bernard rose added that um and said it was based on the bloody mary uh legend of saying the the name bloody mary 13 times to the mirror but he decided it was it was that was far too many and imagine <laughs> at, at the end of the film if, if that if um zander berkeley had to say helen 13 times into the into the mirror it just would have been even more false than it actually was it is it's very five.
1: it's very clunky that bit yeah
2: yeah and um so he changed it to five um virginia madsen is a native of chicago and she said that um uh she was really glad to do the film because it meant it, bernard rose really wanted her but said she was a bit too beautiful for the film so he made her cut her hair off, which he said she really wanted to do, but he wanted to, to he wanted to fatten her up, make her a bit chunky. And um she wasn't really keen on that. So what he did was bring pizza to her dressing room so she would eat it and get a bit fatter. So so he said he he fattened her up a little bit. Um with that. He said um Virginia Madsen was hypnotized. It talks about it on the um the commentary quite a few times to get that faraway look in her eyes. Um, but also um, the uh, Bernadette, the woman who played Bernadette, was also hypnotised uh, um, as well for that moment when she sees Candyman. And um, but after a while, Virginia Madison said she was fed up doing it because she completely didn't remember a whole day of filming. So she told him she wouldn't she wouldn't do it anymore. But that kind of gives you that kind of strange, kind of otherworldly feel. Um, the film was released in the US on the sixteenth of October. Um, in 1992, uh, just before Halloween, to um, to about 1,500 theatres. And it grossed about $25 million in, in all. And actually, rarely for a horror movie, which tend to open strong, like the Friday 13th movies do, open really strong and then drop off really quickly and make all their money in the first week, it actually um, did like a, something like an Insidious or something, where it kind of actually sort of built. Um, and so the drop-off from the second and third weeks up to Halloween... Um, it didn't really drop off that much at all, and so it was. That's where it made its money. Uh, it was filmed actually in nineteen ninety one, and it was meant to be released in early ninety two. Um, I don't know why what the the delay was, but um, as I say, it didn't open until October of ninety two. And um, and that's all I've got. Apart from I also read the Eddie Murphy thing, which I just can't imagine what that would have been like but it certainly wouldn't have been as successful would it no i don't think so no but i do keep on hearing about a remake of candy man yeah um, i've heard uh, a
3: few kind of mumblings about but
2: yeah i, I hope, hope not like, i mean yeah well i hope not as well unless they did something they based it in liverpool or something and went right back to the, the story and did something completely different but i can't really see how they could reinvent um, Candyman for a modern audience, really.
1: Can you imagine Candyman with a Scots accent?
2: Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Now then, yeah. now then, was that? Uh, yeah, is not it? Yeah, yeah can <laughs> um, Right. So uh, yeah, well, that's that. Have we got anything else, Joseph? You want to say about have any, of you,
1: have any of you guys seen Virginia Madsen? One of her early films, Electric Dreams. It's fantastic. A guy it spills his happen- champagne on a computer, and it comes to
2: life. Is that the Oakley one? Is that Philoklea? Yeah,
1: Fel-O-Ki, Sorry, that's from that. Yeah. Okay,
2: I haven't seen because she was she rose to fame in June, didn't she? The um, yeah,
1: same the year as that in nineteen eighty four. Yeah.
2: Okay, she's still working, isn't yeah. she? Yeah.
1: Well, mm-hmm. she, I didn't. She get an Oscar nod she was for in, um, she was in Sideways. Yeah, sideways. Yeah, she had an Oscar. So yeah. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I saw I was-
1: her in
3: an episode or a couple of episodes of uh Frasier recently. She played one of Fraser's love interests in the
1: in the show. Okay. She's in um this year she was in a biopic made for T V of Anna Nicole Smith.
2: Oh right. Not well, pl- was- not
1: not playing Anna Nicole Smith though, I should say.
2: Okay. Because the, the other thing I was going to say, I went to pick, because I did, I did have <coughs> the DVD and it's one of those, you know, those really annoying DVDs you have for ages and ages and you open it up and the disc has gone. And it's my own fault because I obviously put it somewhere and I've lost it and I couldn't find it. I've got so many DVDs and Blu-rays that I thought would be might as well go out and buy another one. Um, so I thought I'll upgrade to the Blu-ray. So I found the Blu-ray for £8, which I thought, okay, that's, that's pretty good. And I turned it over. And' there was no extra features on it, and I thought, well that's now, odd. that's that's why I bought the d v d instead exactly, So I went and bought the d v d which had a really good the um the commentary on the d v d and I don't know if it's the same in the states, but the commentary's done really well because what they've done is it's not a commentary where they all sit down together and talk and talk over each other or anything like that. It's actually, they, they um, edit down interviews with little sound clips from each of the actors like Clive Barker and Virginia Madison and Tony Todd and Bernard Rose, the director, and um, the woman who plays Bernadette and all the different people. And they say their name before they start to, they a little sound bite and it just runs all the way through. And it was very, I thought it was a really good way to do it, wasn't it? That's what they
1: did with all the James Bond DVDs as well is it okay. so they're like they're like a patchwork of of um interviews rather than a scene specific you know thing where they're all sitting in one room watching this the screen they are actually yeah. quite interesting to listen to yeah
2: yeah and no, i thought that was yeah. that Although, was
1: really good yeah. clive barker's voice is kind of hard to listen to though it's it's just too a bit too gruff
2: it's for my really liking gravelly isn't it did didn't he yeah. have, didn't he have some did he have some kind of um problem with his throat or something That's he, I, I know he was sick
3: recently wasn't he he had I mean, this, uh, yeah. didn't he have cancer recently or
2: Well this is going back this was recorded this, in yeah. 2004 wasn't it Oh yeah oh, well
3: I guess that was better was that or I don't remember if that was the time he got sick but I know he was mm. sick I don't remember how recently
1: it was but It was know. it was only it was 2012 so it was oh, okay. quite recent yeah
2: mm-hmm. But but yeah no it's it's a great it's just what I find that as a real pet hate of mine is the laziness if they're putting something out on Blu-ray that they can't just port across you know a few features even a commentary or something I think it's just I mean there may be a rights issue but uh, it was um, you know they lost you know the the DVD was four pounds and the, D, the Blu-ray was eight pounds so they you know lost four pounds of my money so there you go I
3: wish I had um, four pounds of money. Have you not? Oh. No, I mean by weight measures.
2: Okay. <laughs> oh, boom, boom! Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Well, have we um, have we come to the end of Candyman? <laughs> <Is there anything laughs> <in the presentation? laughs> Has any of you
0: looked yet. in the mirror and said his name five times? I have.
2: Mm, well, just I an I'm
1: Two Ch- chicken to do it. He did not. I, he did not I try I did say Bob Hoskins five times, but nothing happens. <laughs> nah. Eric, I am the
0: writing on your back.
1: <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well Bob
0: Hoskins is still alive, isn't he?
1: He, he is. is the pal. He's retired from acting. Though. Okay, well James Gandolfini then. He's passed over to the other side. But he hasn't been passed over long enough.
3: You have oh, to say Soprano five. You have times to wait a hundred years. years. Yeah.
1: Um. <laughs> God, I can't think of anyone over from back in your Charlie Chaplin. No, Raymond Raymond Burr.
2: How bizarre! Okay, well let's let's get this back on track, shall we? Because this is all (laughs) getting very bizarre. Um, So, shall we move on to feedback? Do we have any? No, 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 no No feedback. Nothing. No feedback.
1: Wow! How disappointing. Only the only feedback we have on this episode is the feedback that was in Candyman by Susie and the Banshees. (gasps)
2: Oh! If there was
1: no, no, that was that wasn't a slur. Just because it's a rock song, there's probably some feedback in it.
2: No. Okay. Well, I don't think there was. But um, all right. um, Well, let's play. We're very disappointed with you, dear listener, because um, if you don't write in and tell us what you think of the show. Or join in, then we won't think you're listening anymore, and then we won't do any more shows, will we, Eric? No. Well, maybe some people might be
1: happy, like at Blu ray.com or.
2: Yes. Well, we actually, <laughs> talking of feedback, we've had some very bad feedback recently from our Night Trends Terror. We've had, like, I would say it's 50 50, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've got four reviews, two are negative, two are very positive. Yes. So. so I think if you listen to the show, you know what we like, and I think you'd like the. Uh, the blu-ray thing and vinegar syndrome say, you know, they understand where we're coming from, that we love the movies and we might riff on them a little bit. We're not doing, we're not doing in a mean spirited way because as they point out, night train to terror, as the makers themselves said, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously. Um, so well, we've a couple of things about that whole thing is the guy
3: basically says we were mean spirited, and I don't think we were. We we praised yeah. the movie. I, Nathan said he, it sounds like he just listened to like a minute and one of us made a joke, and then he thought, okay, they're just mean, and he didn't listen to it anymore.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
3: we, ha- we That's have, we what I
2: think, yeah,
3: yeah, we ha- as far as Vinegar syndrome, sorry, Justin, mm-hmm. I just wanted okay. to say, uh, they are going to let us continue doing commentaries. We can't say what we're going to do next, but it is a slasher film and I can't wait to cover it.
2: It's Rob Zombie's Halloween. Oh, you ruined
3: it. Now they're not going to let us do any more commentaries.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they've, I'd love to do that. Actually, that would be, I mean, that might be slightly mean spirited. You would say, yeah, that would be a mean spirited commentary. It would, it would Well we need to get some feedback folks So can you, you know, just let us know Write us in, it doesn't have to be You don't have to give us a long one We just need, you know, a little something <laughs> To read out
1: So, yeah. Well our next, it, our next um, show is going to be A couple of films that people surely have seen So if they want to write in with their thoughts on the films yes. We can read them out
2: well, well we shall come to that in one second Won't we mm. um, I shall play the contact details to let you know how to get in contact With the show
3: be sure to search for and like us on Facebook. Follow us on
0: Twitter at THC underscore podcast. Our voicemail is eight five eight two three three nine two eight one. And you can email us directly at the
2: dot at gmail.com. Okay. And speaking
3: it. of the next show, that music was very fitting.
2: Yes. Well, mm-hmm. who's is it a choice? Is it's a um, it's a
3: it's a kind it's of a, a collective collective yeah.
1: Yes. Because, well, because it's to tie in with the date coming up. It is. We are, of and course, also, going to be discussing October 28th, part one and part two.
2: <laughs> well, Eric, do you want to tell the good folks at home what we're going to do? Are yes. We doing a double well, bill? this time last oh.
1: year, we did a double bill of Halloween one and two. Uh, we're skipping Halloween three because it's not slasher, even though we all like it. Uh, so we're going on to Halloween four and five, the Rachel and Jamie years. Yes.
2: So <clears throat> that's going to be a double double bill in time for Halloween. They're playing
3: at the cinema here this year. So I think that's where yeah. we're going to see them. Is that correct, Nathan? Or
0: Well, probably just you and I will go. I doubt Grant and Grant will go.
3: Yeah. For obvious reasons. Yeah. For obvious reasons.
2: Oh, intrigue. Um, well, we're going to be doing those. Unfortunately we were, we were looking cause obviously it's episode 69. And as we said earlier, we mm-hmm. were looking for something rude to mm-hmm. do. I mean, you can. I can. I guess you add four and five together. You get nine, don't you? But um, that doesn't really cut it. So we'll we'll have to have some kind of. Um, uh, Unless
3: you're talking about my penis size,
2: <laughs> what four inches?
3: <laughs> four and five well, is nine.
0: I just had a gra- a brilliant idea amongst my other brilliant ideas, um, and it is: we can do a quiz on sex scenes and slasher movies.
2: That would be good. Are
1: you going to be doing it? Or a top three on favorite sex scenes in slasher movies.
0: Ooh. Well, we could do that. Is there enough, though? I mean, because a lot of the oh, sex there's... scenes are... I know there's a lot, but it just seems like <laughs> most know of the sex scenes are like over be.
3: <laughs> before they even begin, really. <laughs> I already know what my number one would be if we did top three sex scenes.
2: I think maybe we should do top three sex scenes, shouldn't we? I think so, too. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. Or yeah let's, make try. It. Hey, let's try. Or making out, or any kind of sexual kind of encounter, or anything that's a bit, do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: anything. Yeah, that can fall in that area.
2: Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, well, that's going to be our top three for next time. So, send in yours as well. We'd like Nathan. You know what my number one is, so do not pick it. Fine. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, that's coming up in time for Halloween in two weeks' time. So I think there is unfortunately it's a bit of a short one this week, but um, it's still knocking going to be almost two hours. So actually, with most other podcasts who who barely get above an hour, um, and we are mm-hmm. kind of quite epic, aren't we in what we do? So mm-hmm. this is some small relief for some of you out there. I imagine that we're we're going to come in a little bit short this time, but what else can we yeah, say before we go? Before yes. we go mm. uh, Nathan, step
1: forward and say the line
0: Oh Nathan, um, Oh sorry, I hear you're looking for Candyman, B-word
1: Joseph, step forward and say the line We hear you're looking for Candyman Bitch Justin, you step forward and say the line
2: I, can't, I was going to do it In an Irish accent, but I can't um, <laughs> I hear you're looking for Candyman bitch. <laughs> bitch See your lovely posh accent <laughs> <laughs> top of the morning.
1: <sighs> yeah. Top uh, what of the about morning. you, Eric? I hear you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Oh. I think Eric's is my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thanks.
2: <laughs> he said little thanks in a little girly voice. Yeah, that was funny. I'm not so, a girl. Well, I'm not saying you're a girl. I just say you've got a bit of a high pitched voice, like a girl. Um, high pitched, Eric. It's just the complete opposite of Tony Todd. Yes.
1: See yes. that—that's an example of what um, no Candyman No If Eddie Murphy was uh, Candyman, that's what it would sound like.
2: Me. Yes. Would have been who was the transsexual hooker? Transsexual hooker. He was. Um, he was caught with. Was it uh,
3: Start with a V, didn't it?
2: Was it Veronica Brown or something? Wasn't it? Something like that. Yeah, but he could have been in Candyman with her. That would have been quite a nice. That would have been interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would have been, anyway, I think it would have been the critical success it I don't out to think be. it would have been. No. 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 So,
3: um... Hey, mm. I am the Roddy on the wall. The whisper in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was right. by Eddie Murphy, by the way.
1: Yes, He would have very good. thrown in a lot more blue language as well, I'm sure. <laughs> He'd done his <laughs>
2: laugh. What, like a big goofy smile? It wouldn't have been very good, yeah. would it? No. No. So, mind you, who be knows? Like having Paulie
1: Shore as Jason. Yeah.
2: Well, it probably be you know who we're going to get oh, for the remake. It's, it's, It'll be uh, Justin Bieber and Miley Cyrus. You know. So yeah. who knows? So we should be careful about what we wish for or what we don't wish for. So okay, without further ado, because it's now getting towards bedtime here, um, <laughs> and I've got yeah. cats scratching at the door. So I'm going to go and look in the mirror and say. I don't know what I'm going to say. Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles. Five, five times. Five times. Yes. <laughs> I'll say, well. Yeah. well it, and you appear behind yourself. Inga's already appeared today, but we all know. Anyway, <laughs> we're, we're babbling now. So say goodbye to the good people. And we're going to play out. What are you going to play out with, Joseph? Is it the?
3: This uh, is the credit sequence by uh, Philip Glass from the, the soundtrack. So
2: Excellent. All right. Well, say goodbye. 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 Bye. Goodbye. Did you hear that echo? Justin, you said it twice. I know. Yeah. If I say it three times... <laughs> you said it one, twice, right? it's
1: the microphone. It'll appear behind you or something. <laughs> I don't
2: know. I'm looking behind me.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I'm all right. Okay. All right. See you later. Bye.
0: I don't want to say his name more than... I mean, I don't, I'm not near a mirror, but I still don't want to say it five times, just in case. Because there might be a reflection in here somewhere... And he'll jump in.
1: All right, everyone. It's Justin here. Oh, should I call myself Inga. Is that Justin
0: when he's been in Australia for 50 years?
1: Come on, darling, you
3: schleg. Dude, just
2: well, That was a, right bloody,
3: was a right bloody quiz. That's for true. That
2: was <laughs> more <in> Australia. That's <laughs> Australia. Australian apples, <laughs> no, mate. <laughs> what
1: <about Justin>? Stuart, <laughs> get up them Ro- apples, Ro- and, <laughs> apples <laughs> and pears, <laughs> you schleg.
0: So, Eric, uh, do you say top of the morning regularly?
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm watching Candyman, bitch.
2: We weren't meant to be recording last weekend, it was the weekend before, was yeah, it? Yeah, but we could have recorded last weekend if somebody didn't have to go to
1: VagFest. Or veg, veg, va, VagFest? Vag 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 VagFest! <laughs> oh my god, Eric. What have you got in your brain? <laughs> I don't know. Eric, are you oh. a heterosexual? It's yeah. because it's episode 69 coming up. It's just making me think rude things.